Hey LaGrange, I'm Earl Gordon Barnett, and you're listening to Hey LaGrange, the podcast of LaGrange, Georgia, where we seek to explore the people and stories of the sleepy southern community and hope to show that it's not so sleepy after all. Like I said before, I'm Earl Barnett, and I first moved to LaGrange in 2010. My wife and I bought a house to split the difference between her commute to work as an art teacher in Harris County and my commute to Emory University for a second master's program. I've worked as a high school history teacher on two separate occasions. I've worked as a higher ed philosophy instructor. I'm a hobbyist photographer. I'm a brain cancer survivor. I'm a pro wrestling aficionado. I'm a craft beer advocate. I'm a father to two small children, Alistair and Auden. And I'm a podcast host. This podcast currently is what I fill my time with. It's my passion. I considered myself exiled in the Grange for a long time. And sometimes, if I'm being honest, I still do. This podcast is my seeking to make LaGrange my home and not just a place I keep my stuff. Through the interviews, I hope that not only will you, the listener, get to hear the stories of people at Grange, but that also, with each episode, I will grow a deeper connection and attachment to the community. Well, that's the hope anyways. Thanks for listening to our conversations and joining us as we travel to, towards a mutual place of asylum here in LaGrange. This week, I interviewed Jessica Jarvholm, Executive Director for Piney Woods Farm on West Point Road. The property was deceptively large. It was massed from the road. It looked just like a gated house, but once you were inside, there was a sprawling compound of sorts, with gardens, buildings, and various structures and all sorts of animals. The interview itself was enlightening. Jessica's only been back in the Grange for two years, despite growing up here. But in those two years, she's accomplished a lot. The farm is booming and growing even more. She talks about her five-year plan for the farm in the interview. She also talks about growing up in LaGrange and the pleasure of returning after all these years. It was a lot of fun to interview Jessica, and I hope that that fun comes through in the interview. I'll let you decide whether or not I did. So here it is. Okay. I'm here with Jessica Jarvholm of Piney Woods Farm. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. All right, so let's get started. Um, so what would you say is your formal title here? So formally, I'm the executive director here at Piney Woods Farm. Informally, I run around like crazy and just make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, everything's ordered, um, people know what's going on on the farm. So yeah, it it's, sounds more formal than it is. Okay. So, describe an average day for me. So that's hard, because our days are so different. Uh, Every day can be completely different than the last. So yesterday, for example, I was meeting with the um, city planners and architects, um, going over our new learning center that we're gonna build here on the farm and just kind of planning that out. Um, The day before that, I was at a leadership conference up at the Capitol for um, agriculture, culture leaders in America. Um, Let's see, the day before that, I would be running um, up to Alabama to get a miniature donkey that we, you know, will buy for the farm. So it literally changes, or I'll meet with people that we are giving our produce to uh, charities uh, and just getting everything ready for them or planning for next year for a festival or for um, the new production that we're going to have up here, like Catfish and Ken. So it's, it, it varies. Okay, so there's no two days that are alike. No, and that's what I love about it. Okay. Um, can you explain a bit what Piney Woods 
farm does for the community. Okay, so we are a 501c3 nonprofit farm. We give all of our organic produce to Georgia charities like the Georgia Food Bank, Feed the Valley, Mercy Med Farms. Um, so that is our main goal at the farm is to, to feed our community. Our second objective is um, to educate the community. Mm -hmm. So we have just gotten rezoned for agritourism and within the next year we will be opening up um, kind of our learning facility where we will have a demonstration kitchen, we're going to have a wet room where you can do all kinds of crafts, cooking demos, um, there will be fiber, um, fiber kind of um, demonstrations that means your wool your alpaca where you can knit you can okay. you know all kinds of really cool stuff yeah that is really cool coming up with uh let's see we're going to build our honey house which we will demonstrate and show people how to spin honey all about bees apiaries um spinning honey can you say more about that uh, so extracting honey so you literally get your honeybees your hives you put them in these machines and it spins out the honey so oh, okay i saw that yeah yes. so we're gonna have a whole system where you can come in and um it'll actually also be a part of our charity too for anybody who is a hobby pharmacist they'll be able to bring their um the frames and their hives here and spin out the honey extract the honey for free okay cool. so it'll just help promote you know uh small time beekeepers mm -hmm. and then also educate the community uh so we're going to also create a mushroom house, uh, educate the um, kids and the community about growing mushrooms, medicinal uses of mushrooms. You could even dye fabric with mushrooms. It's, it's really, and it's um, going to be cool to have like uh, kids come in and uh, have little logs that they can inoculate and put mushrooms in and bring them back to their classrooms and watch those mushrooms grow throughout mm -hmm. the year. So little things like that. And then we are building a whole section for vermiculture and composting because that's a huge section um, of you know people are interested in. Vermiculture is using worms to make compost tea and the black gold uh, soil that everybody just it's just so rich. It's fantastic for your gardens. And then you can just um, move on down to the farm where our hoop tunnels are. So we have six hoop tunnels that we grow all of our produce in. And we'll do educational classes on organic growing, uh, produce, what you can do with that produce, which circles back into the cooking class. So, yeah, it's mm -hmm. all sustainable. It all works together. Um, and then, did I miss anything? Oh, and then we have miniature animals. <laughs> miniature donkeys, miniature goats, miniature horses, silky chickens, rabbits. Um, and so we'll have educational classes on what's called animal husbandry, just taking care of the animals. And um, just fun to go and, and pet a, a horse that comes up to like your hip. I mean, mm -hmm. it's they're super cute, so fun to see. Wow, that's a whole bunch. It is. Wow. Um, how did you get into this? <laughs> so, um, in a very roundabout way, my parents started this farm, and. Um, well, actually, my dad. My dad came to us with an idea probably, I guess it's been about eight or nine years ago, maybe ten years ago, and we all thought he was crazy. Um, and then they came out. This whole farm was just covered in hedgerow, and, I mean, it just it does not look like it does today. And then my mom kind of got on board, and um, my brother and I were both like, you both are crazy. It, it's, it has definitely evolved from 
you know, we want, we, we have this land that we feel like we need to do something with. And he wanted to give back to the community. And so it was doing um, mostly charitable and then maybe 30% was commercial based. Okay. And it's moved from that to be completely charitable. But my brother and I um, just slowly just kind of come on board with this vision and, and we truly believe in it. And we just started spending more and more time here to finally, we were like, we just want to work here. We want to be a part of this. And so um, an opportunity came when I was moving back from Atlanta to LaGrange. Okay. And um, when I moved back, we really started talking about the agritourism aspect because that's mm-hmm. my passion is um, educating and bringing in the community to teaching them about sustainable living Okay. and um, about everything that we do on the farm because it is so fascinating and there's mm-hmm. so many different aspects to it. Um, and so when the opportunity came for me to move back, um, my dad just graciously was like, let's see how this works. And I've been here for two years and I plan on living out the rest of my life here. I'm just so excited to be here and passionate about what we're doing. Um, and I, I think it's going to be something that some other people in the community will feel the same about. Okay. Can you speak a bit more on your passion for agritourism? So agritourism to me is it's a broad subject. Um, it can mean anything from going to a cute little farm and picking out a pumpkin to actually going and learning how to um like i guess learn how to do a craft i mean be a master craftsman at something so for me and and what i think it means for Pony woods farm okay is a place where children and adults can come and expand their horizons understand more about either themselves like if you have a passion for i know there's a lot of knitters and crocheters out there let's expand that into where does that fiber where does that material come from let me show you how we can shear an alpaca here on the farm uh, clean the wool process that that fiber that alpaca fiber and then spin it into yarn and then we can take it into your knitting or crocheting or whatever and you can come on board anytime along that process whatever fascinates you and there are so many of those processes here on the farm that it can appeal to so many different people let me show you if you're into gardening let me show you how to get the best compost and the best um materials for your garden to make it even better than it is and i'll show you how you can you know take the worms and take the worm casting and do the worm tea and use that as fertilizer instead of going and buying maybe a chemical fertilizer you're not so pleased with you know and making it natural let me show you how we can use our chickens you know we have a chicken house a portable chicken house that we will take to an area that maybe needs fertilizing or needs a little bit more upkeep bring the chickens in, they aerate, they fertilize, and then we bring in the animals that eat the grass, and then the grass needs to restore. And so it's a cyclical thing. So let me teach you how you can do that maybe at your own home, maybe not with chickens, but with composting or, you know, with anything that you can do. Or just come and rest and relax. Agritourism to me is is a chance to get away from your everyday life. Let me bring you on the farm and breathe some fresh air and go cut some lavender and just have a day where you can rejuvenate and relax for yourself or um, do a, a painting. There, it's so it's so broad, mm-hmm. but it's just how can I help you with 
your passion or what you're interested in and expand that and educate you and you know or you educate me come on the farm if you have a passion for something and it's something I'm you know not aware of let's work together maybe you could be teaching a class up here maybe you could help children coming on the farm um, have a passion and a love for growing things I love the children that come on the farm and how we can take them into the children's garden and teach them this is how your plants grow so um, you know the roots go in the ground the stems go up top there's such a disconnect with our children of where their food comes from and I would love to close that gap for them um, and just teaching them you know food does not come in saran wrap that you know your English cucumbers you know that's not what it looks like at the farm you can go down in the vine pick it off and because we're organic they can sit there and just eat you know, a vine ripe cucumber off the vine and just the way that their faces light up and how they make that connection, that's agro-tourism to me. That's agro-education. That's teaching your children. You know, there is an importance here of, of growing and being sustainable and taking care of your environment for future generations. And that's how you, I think, implement that love in their hearts for it too. So I feel like I was kind of rambling there, but yeah, you're good. it's, you know, a lot. <laughs> No, my son definitely thinks food comes from the grocery store. Yeah, it's exactly. He's only four, so it's not it's it's not necessarily his fault, but he thinks food comes from the grocery store. Mm -hmm. He thinks meat comes in a package. He's not made the connection that the animals walking around are meat yet. You're right, and that's a harsh lesson. That's one we might say for high school for some of our kids <laughs> when they go and you know see our little lambs out there and uh, realize, you know, they're, they're meat lambs, but, you know, we'll, uh, the, the plants are a little bit easier to, to explain, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's scary how, you know, at four it's cute, but at 15 or 16, some of them still believe that, and so that disconnect gets, you know, wider as the older they get. Oh, see, I didn't think it was cute at four. <laughs> at four, I have something, there's something wrong with it, like, I need to... <laughs> I was thinking, like, I need to get him out here and get him on the farm, picking cucumbers off the vine. Have him come on out. We'd love to have him. <laughs> so, um, you said you've only done this for two years. Mm -hmm. What did you do before this up in Atlanta? So, I was a stay-at-home mom with the children for, um, yeah, a long time. I, I went to school for vocal performance. Okay. And then moved to uh, Atlanta with my then-husband. Um, he was finishing up his PhD. We wound up having two kids, and I just wanted to stay home with them when they were young. Just kind of, it was a precious time mm -hmm. to, to be at home with them. Um, and then moved back home to LaGrange uh, with the kids after the divorce. And I just, yeah, all along as, as this was farm was developing, I would come home more and more often just to see what was going on or, or to be involved. And so when I came back, I decided this is what I want to do full time, is to be here. And I've done a lot of training these past two years to catch up. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, it wasn't ingesting unqualified. Oh, no. I, I, I will tell you right now, I was totally unqualified to come in <laughs> for this position. Um, when, I, when I came in, it was with the um, knowledge that I would have to catch up and mm -hmm. come in with kind of a humble... Uh, spirit and attitude of no I don't know what's going on I'm not you know um, up to date on organic practices or um, you know how to grow even from the beginning I, we are so blessed to have 
amazing people who work here, like our farm manager, Derek Kelly. He can tell you anything there is about growing anything at this you know, farm and how to grow it and the best uh, you know, way to grow it organically and, and everything. And so, um, and then all of our staff uh, works so very hard here. So very blessed to, to have hard workers, but, and also very patient with me coming in and educating me on growing techniques. <clears throat> and then I've been going up to UGA Extension. It's the um, AGL. Um, it's Advancing Georgia's Leaders in Agriculture and Forestry. Okay. So that's been a huge, it's a kind of a leadership program. So that's been a huge program, uh, a part of, you know, advancing my manager skills, my leadership skills, um, learning how to listen to, you know, my workers and, and everybody who I'm working with, um, and just kind of creating this collaborative environment. So things like that um, go up to John C. Campbell a lot, which is the, um, it's a folk school up in uh, North Carolina. Okay. And so uh, they teach you all kinds of skills like spinning fiber, uh, making soap, um, canning, uh, you know, a lot of those homesteading type okay. skills mm -hmm. that are actually um, kind of going extinct. And mm -hmm. so they kind of preserve those. And so um, they have experts that come in. So I go there quite a bit um, to learn and hopefully teach others. And yeah, so uh, homesteading. I need to add that word in my vocabulary. Yeah, it's it's homesteading, sustainable living. There's a lot of different you know terms there, but um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Before we had all of electricity and every you know these automated things and foods coming in from all different countries. You know, mm -hmm. people had to live off the land. Yeah, and, I gotcha. I understand yeah, it. Yeah. So, um, but we've kind of lost that art too. Mm -hmm. So. No, I understand. It, it seems, yeah, and I, it seems really valuable too. I can see how losing those, losing those skills would be a huge loss. Granted, I just said nothing, but. <laughs> no, I think you're right. And I, I, I kind of, for me, you know, we keep hearing it's, not to be an alarmist, but there's always that, that fear of where is your food coming from and how are they handling it? And, you know, you, the salmonella in the food or um, just if, if things go wrong tomorrow, can you, you mm -hmm. know, figure it out? And, and I'm, I'm not a survivalist. I don't think the world's going to end tomorrow. I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not one of those. But it, there's something to be said of... Having those skills, you know, if, if you want them, if you don't want to go buy canned tomatoes with the sodium or you're, mm -hmm. you know, worried about what that can is doing to your tomatoes, well, you can have the ability to get fresh ripe tomatoes and can them. And I just finished my last can this week of canned fresh tomatoes and there's a huge difference. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it was just that spaghetti I made was so much better than the canned variety. So I'm a convert. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to show other people that it's really not that hard to do. It's so much easier than you think it is. And it tastes so much better. We covered what led you to this. We covered what's unique. Well, what unique skills do you think you have that helps you be successful with this? So I think that Number one, coming in and, and not knowing um, much about farming techniques and, and everything that I'm learning. I am kind of learning the way that people coming on the farm would learn. Um, I can okay. teach yeah. them, 
You know, you don't have to come from a farming background. You don't have to come from, um, you know, knitting all of your life, sitting at your mother's feet and learning how to do this. It's something that you can pick up. I also think I'm very adaptable. I think I can turn on a dime and, um, you know, if, if something doesn't work or if someone's not happy or if something's not going right, there's a million other options out there. Let's, let's, let's figure this out. And I feel like in this business, that's what you have to do. I mean, from growing something and it's rained for the past three weeks and we have lavender that hates rain. Okay, let's figure out what we're going to do with it. Or, you know, if anybody's dealt with animals or horses or, I mean, we have alpacas that literally, they're like cats. Some days they love me and some days they hate me. So <laughs> when I have to go out there and trim the hooves and they're not having a good day, we're just like, okay, let's figure this out. Um, and so I think my adaptability and I think just my love of, of teaching and, and helping, I love to see people grow. I love to grow. I'm constantly reading, you know, um, just books about I don't know, anything from history to psychology to, you know, everything. And I love to see people that are excited about something, anything. Tell me what you're excited about. I'll get excited and let's figure out how we can, you know, expand that or make it better or, you know, do something fun with it. Um, so, yeah, I think those are some of the aspects that make me good at this job. And Awesome. Yeah. I'm a bit motivated now and excited. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, last question for this section. Um, where do you see the farm in five years? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, so this year's a big building program, kind of like we were talking about. We're building the Discovery Center, the Mushroom House, the um, uh, Vermiculture, the mm -hmm. Honey House. All of these, this stuff is, is being built right now. So hopefully I see the farm in five years being established that you know at all mm -hmm. the buildings were kind of you know you build something and you think we're going to use it this way and it doesn't you know it kind of evolves so everything will have its own identity and then i see it as a place for people to congregate and learn and use the facilities in so many different ways in ways that i haven't even planned for yet i okay. i would be so tickled pink for people in the community to come onto the farm and say oh my gosh i love your kitchen and I would love to teach this and I you know the response would be that's amazing let's get in there let's let's get this you know going either teaching um, eventually we're building a store on the farm hopefully within the next I would say yeah within the next five years so two years okay um, I would love to find entrepreneurs in the community who are passionate about I, I don't you know maybe you make candy maybe you're an amazing knitter and you knit these amazing hats um, come onto the farm. Let's you can teach. We can sell your product through the um, the store here. Mm -hmm. We could get you. You know, if you're really into YouTube videos, we're going to have all the electronics at the Discovery Center. Let's film you. Let's put it out there. Um, how do we help you as a you know community to mm -hmm. to evolve and grow? Um, I see festivals here at the farm, kind of smaller festivals for lavender uh, okay. for. Um, during harvest time uh, for pumpkins. I see small type performances like Catfish and Kin that are coming out this fall. Um, What's that? So Catfish and Kin is a production where um, they go out into the communities and collect stories um, from the community. And then they uh, put on a production based on these stories with 
from what I understand, music and you know drama okay. and everything, kind of. I equate it to kind of like a Radio City Music Hall okay. kind of mm -hmm. variety show, but you know it, it could involve other things. And so we have a historical big red barn up there for events that used to be a train depot where they would come in and fix the trains and drive them out. So um, use that as an event type space to come in and, and see the different productions. Um, I see lots of children coming on the farm, like we said before. You know, I'm passionate about educating our children and um, kind of teaching them about sustainable living and farm animals and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So I think this place will evolve within the next five years and it's kind of funny how the farm kind of tells us what it's going to, mm -hmm. you know, the interests yeah. kind of tell us and I the gotcha. farm tells us. Um, so there's not a clear cut answer there, but you know, there is a vision of just, I see this place just completely active in five years. People doing all different kinds of things. I would love to start, maybe like an internship program where um, children of the community could come under a master craftsman, whether that's wood, maybe that's someone who's interested in growing things. And we could start a program where we could almost mentor these, these kids and mm -hmm. teach them, you know, there are different skills. Not everybody wants to go to college. There <laughs> are other things that you can do, you know, out there. Or I think it's just healthy for them to A, be, be attached to a mentor. Not everybody has been blessed with mentors in their life. Um, B, get out from the video games. Get out, <laughs> you know, outside. Get, get your hands dirty. Put your hands in some dirt or, you know, mm -hmm. do something. And then C, it's a good environment. So I would, I would really love to start programs like that um, in the next five years also. So, yeah, I guess that's, that's enough for five years. <laughs> <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsors. Young children experience new adventures each day, and little ones need all the support they can get during these early years. Responding to the 2020 Census is an easy, safe, and important way to help and provide resources for children in their communities for the next 10 years. Everyone living in the United States is asked to complete a simple questionnaire every 10 years that asks for basic information about people who live or sleep in their home. Children under the age of five, however, are often missed. Young children who are missed in the census tend to live with large extended families or multiple families living under one roof. When newborn babies or children are not counted, support for programs such as health insurance, hospitals, childcare, food assistance, schools, and early childhood development is impacted. Responding to the census is easier than ever. You can complete the census on a questionnaire online, by phone, or by mail. And remember, just so you protect children in your care, the U.S. Census Bureau protects your information. The Census Bureau is protected required by law to protect any personal information collected and keep it strictly confidential. All Census Bureau staff take a lifetime oath to protect your personal information, and any violation of this oath comes with a penalty of up to $250,000 and or five years in prison. Start shaping their future by going to 2020census.gov. That's 2020census.gov. Hey folks, just a reminder that I've got a Patreon page set up to support the podcast. Go to www.patreon.com slash Lagrange to check it out and show some love. Thanks. And now back to the show. Okay, questions about Lagrange. Okay. So, what first brought you to Lagrange? Well, I was born here. 
So I guess my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Born and raised. um, Yeah, went to LaGrange High School. Just um, most people know me as Jessica Turner around here. Okay. So uh, yeah, I I still answer to that. Uh, You know, it's fine. You can call me Turner or Jarholm. Hey, you. There's Jess, Jesse. I've been around long enough to have many names here. Um, yeah, moved away for 20 years and been back for two. Okay. Did you live in Atlanta for those 20 years? All of them? Most of them. I went to FSU for about okay. two years and then finished up at Shorter College. Go Seminoles? Uh, yes, go Seminoles. If, yeah, well, don't let my UGA family hear me say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, moved down to Atlanta, um, yeah, for most of it. So I've lived downtown Atlanta, Marietta, Alpharetta, all around. And, okay. Um, do not miss the traffic at all. No. I've lived in Marietta for nine months, and it was it took me an hour and 20 minutes to go 20 miles. Oh, my God. We have so much more time to actually do activities here in LaGrange because I'm not sitting in traffic literally for three hours. I mean, it's, it's insane. I could see my neighborhood, and it would still take me 45 minutes to get there. I yes. mean, it's sad when you can walk somewhere faster. So That's not an exaggeration. It's like, really not. It's really not. Which oh is sad. Gosh. I know. But anyway, we'll stop commiserating about yeah. the line of traffic. <laughs> um, who would you say are the three people that are most influential on you? So I've been just amazingly blessed with parents. Um, I mean, my parents are, I think, just amazing. So they are the top two, my mom and dad. And I'm not going to tell you which one's number one and which one's number two because okay. you know, they're okay. both, let's say, one A, one B. Um, my dad is probably the smartest person I know. I mean, I know everybody thinks that, but mine is. Um, he, he's amazing how he can see um, kind of what's coming down the road, or he can take an idea and get to the heart of it and just kind of apply that idea to, okay, how does that affect us? What do we do with this? How do we take this and, and move forward? I mean, he is a master strategizer that way. And I've learned so much just sitting at his feet and just, I mean, I, I try to just sit there and listen to him and soak up all that I can. Um, and he has such a thirst and hunger for learning about everything from, I mean, he's got his boat captain's license. He's got his, you know, CPA. He's a lawyer. It's, it's across the board. And, and then now he, you can put farmer underneath his title. I mean, he's so, and he's going up to Young Harris to do this master beekeeping um, program up there, you know, at his age, it's, it's just inspiring to see how it's a continual, you know, thirst for learning and, but in using that, how do we use that? And so he's fascinating. Um, my mom is probably one of the most caring people that I know. She loves to, she just gives, she's a giver for our whole family. I mean, I can't leave her house without her you know, trying to fill my car full of food because she knows it's hard for me to get home and cook dinner and do this and have, you know, two kids and raising them. Um, she can get to the heart of people more than, I mean, I'm, I'm so in awe of how she can meet someone and she really knows them or she, she can just, you know, just that, I don't know, amazing spirit of just really knowing people um, and and caring for people and how can we help you and, and, you know, um, she's got such a big heart and just, I mean, one of the most 
brilliant common sense type have you ever you met those people who are book smart but then those people are just street smart and i don't mean you know like, I gotcha. like you know crazy but she's just she can read it you know mm -hmm. she can go into an environment and read it and so i've always admired that about her um so those are my top two and i think you asked for three my I third is kind of like a conglomerate of a lot of okay. different people i mean it's just I mean, I love to read Brene Brown. I love to, you know, all of the um, pastors that I've known, the Andy Stanleys the, uh, from Atlanta. Now, that mm -hmm. was one of the perks of traffic is not a perk, but going to some amazing churches up there, like Charles Stanley Church, mm -hmm. um, Michael Youssef. I went to his church for a little while. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just family, friends, just kind of um, life. I, you know, it's... It's all kind of come together, and it's a big... My children, too. I mean, uh -huh. trying to be a parent, as you know, um, is the most humbling <laughs> and uh, trying to teaches you who you really are. Like, what, what do you really value, and what are you trying to teach your kids? Uh -huh. um, and so just through trying to be a parent, you know, to them. And, and, you know, they're amazing, too. Things that come out of their mouth, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's that was cut to the core I, mean, you know, I, I need I need to do better at that <laughs> so yeah I guess that those are my three big influencers well my next question is what do you wish you had known when you first moved to town but I guess that's not really what do you wish you'd know when you moved back to town that's a, yeah I think that's a good question because when I left here in high school at 18, thinking I knew everything, which I knew nothing. I couldn't wait to get out of LaGrange. I mean, I was leaving and I was never coming back. And I mean, I just had such a rotten attitude. Um, and then, yeah, I, I thought I was living in the place I wanted to, you know, I wanted to live in a big city. I wanted to live in New York. I mean, that was number one. Um, and then got to Atlanta and, you know, was, was there. And I thought, I had the life I wanted. I mean, on the outside, it looked great. You know, it was the neighborhood and the country. It was, it was, it looked great, and I was so not happy. And moving back to Lagrange, it was this fear of, oh gosh, I'm coming back home, and uh -huh. you know, I, is it, you know, where I really want to be? And and you know, I just, I wasn't not as excited about moving back as I should have. And since I've been home, I feel, I mean, it is my home. It, it is, I love LaGrange. I love the people here. I love the small town feel, but almost, I mean, since I've moved away, the amenities that are here in LaGrange, I mean, the, the Amphitheater, the mm -hmm. Sweetwater, Pure Life. Maggie's doing an amazing job with the listening studio at Pure Life. Mm -hmm. Um, the music scene has just <clears throat> exploded. Um, I feel like the social, you know, seeing the breweries that have come in, Wild Leaf and Hudson. I mean, it's amazing, you know, just I feel like the culture that has come to LaGrange. Um, it, it's changed the dynamic. It's just, it was a great place when I left and it's even a greater place coming back home. And so I just feel like LaGrange is kind of on the cusp of being a true destination for people to come and visit. Um, and I hope that we get to contribute to that. I mean, I really do. With a lot of different activities that are going around town. Um, I think 
Katie Van Score and all of them have done an amazing job downtown with promoting LaGrange and um, you know festivals and, and things that they're doing on the square. Um, and I think that's just gonna get better and better and grow. And so I'm, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to be a part of LaGrange now and I'm excited to see what's coming down the road. So what's your favorite story about living in LaGrange? Hmm, my favorite story. I have to think about that. I had a great childhood growing up here in LaGrange. I we grew up right on West Point Lake. Okay. So I just remember, of course I remember summers because you know, <laughs> school's not the best time for when you're a kid. Um, I remember literally jumping up the bathing suits like on the floor, just throwing it on, running down to the docks, meeting friends, getting out in the wave runner, you know, staying out literally all day. I mean, I was the brownest I'll ever be in my whole entire <laughs> life because as you can see, I'm just white, 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 but, um, just, and, and just enjoying it and, and not, there wasn't pressure. I feel like our kids have so much pressure now, you yes, know, man. it's, it's, insane and I just remember being a kid just enjoying it you know and and, and um I think those are my best memories of, of getting out there and water skiing and you know okay. and then older just riding the wave runners and um yeah just kind of enjoying life and, and had a really good friend who had horses growing up so we would That's go cool. out on the weekends out to her farm and um literally live on a horse. I mean, I think we would get off to eat dinner and then we'd get right back on and um, never being so sore in my life on Mondays you know, <laughs> when we came back. But we just had the best time and those are the most, most of the times of the stories that I, you know, remember. I'm actually Hannah Parrott, I'll throw her name out there. She was Hannah Woodyard. A lot of your listeners might know her, but I'm actually going up there tonight for a Bible study. We've, we've remained friends since preschool and, wow. you know, having friends out there and we would go and not steal but borrow her granddaddy's <laughs> truck and drive it all over the farm you know we we're way too too young to do that you return um, it when you were done and we did we totally did and it might have had a few dents and dings in it but who was counting you know um so yeah those are the those are the stories that you know i've got a big smile on my face because it's just it was a great childhood it really was Okay, so what's your favorite spot or place in the Grange and you can't say the farm? Oh, come on, it is the farm. <laughs> <laughs> this is my refuge. Um, you, I, so I grew up on West Point Lake right there on Whitaker Road. Okay. And the bridge on Whitaker Road. Okay. I mean, I remember just coming home, especially in the fall and spring, uh, looking out over that West Point Lake and all the trees are, you know, all just either different colors in the fall or just coming out in the spring sitting on that dock um, for most of my childhood and just watching the seasons come and go um, you know dipping your toe in the water and it just it, it was just a really special place to grow up and, and just being out in the woods all the time I just I mean that's that's my memories just running through the woods being out on the lake um, and then I, I guess you know my friends farm I, I was out there quite a bit and it was a beautiful piece of land and you get to okay. go out there and ride so those are those are some of my favorite kind of 
places and mm -hmm. childhood memories. I also love the square right now, like going through at night with all the twinkling lights and just, mm -hmm. I mean, having that, it's just a warm feeling in your heart, that little hometown feel still, you know, um, just. Maggie McDonald mentioned to me to go to the top of the parking structure. I heard that. I was listening to a lot of your podcasts before. Yeah. And I was like, I've got to at night too. Yes. To that's see it. the lights. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh, I've got to do that. I, I haven't done it yet, but that's, yes. We'll probably get there on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> um, your go-to order at your favorite restaurant or bar in LaGrange? Oh, yeah. There's a, um, love the sushi at Bulls. Me and my kids. Okay. Yeah. When we go out, we're, we're right there. Love the LaGrange roll. I could eat that all day long. Um, yeah. I mean, that's my favorite. Love Venucci's. I mean, okay. anything. I mean, Anything ordered at Venuti's is amazing. Um, love uh, Seasons, especially their, their vegetable plate. That's okay. really good. Uh, yeah, just uh, went to Hudson's Bar and Grill um, okay. with a girlfriend and had a fabulous meal out there. So um, there's Cart Barn. There's some really great restaurants here yes. in the range. I mean... People get, you know, coming from Atlanta, they're like, really? I'm like, no, you got to come to LaGrange. It's, <laughs> I'm telling you, there's some seasons. I mean, there's some great places to get a bite to eat. I've got a friend who wants to come up from Columbus for um, our food. So, see, I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's special, I think, for a town this size to uh -huh. have so many options. Um, would that be your favorite thing about living in LaGrange? The food? Yes. <laughs> Um, I do like food, so yeah, okay, that's, I am a foodie. Um, no, I think my favorite thing about living at LaGrange is the community. Okay. Um, just going places and, and having people ask, how are you doing, and really mean it. Like, mm. it's not just a, hey, how are you, it's, it's a, you know, how are you, how mm. is your mama, how is your dad, you know, a lot of people here know you three generations back. Mm -hmm. um, it also keeps you on your toes and keeps you acting right too, you know, <laughs> especially I love the thought of raising children here. Cause I remember as a teenager going out and thinking, if I do this, it is going to get back to my mama through the mama train, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and the, the phone train going back. So it, it does kind of help <laughs> keep, um, keep you accountable. And, and, um, I like that. I, I like just people knowing each other and then, all the new people moving into town. I mean, there's so many great new people like you, and you know, mm -hmm. you think you know everybody, and then you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many amazing people here. So um, I, I do. I think it's the community. I think it's how we truly care about each other. Um, I think it's the community outreach programs that you see all around Lagrange, um, volunteer programs, uh, community theater. You know, LSPA. They mm -hmm. have a lot. You know, all that kind of. Um, activities that you can do. I was just last, I think it was Tuesday, um, Callie Knight and um, two other of her friends, Tessa and Ashley, I think, put on one of the most amazing, it was a, it was a violinist, cellist, and a, a pianist. Okay. And they um, just, I think they had about five or six, you know, pieces that they played up at uh, Westside at LaGrange College. Mm-hmm. It, it could have been on an Atlanta symphony stage. It was that caliber. It was amazing. And I was sitting there just in awe of, I am sitting here on LaGrange with my two children. I have time to do this. And the caliber of music that I'm listening to, it's just, you know, 
and, and I know that, you know, Callie's up there on the stage and I know her. It was, it was just kind of a wonderful moment to sit there and just think, LaGrange is amazing. I mean, look at what it's produced. I mean, you, you think you come here and, you know, it, there's not going to be the same as Atlanta. And it, there's actually just as much, if not mm-hmm. more, you know, it, you just have mm-hmm. to find it sometimes. Without the traffic. Without the traffic, you can get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hidden gem in LaGrange that no one else knows about and you can't save the farm. Okay, it's the farm. No. Um, a hidden gem in LaGrange. Ooh, okay. Give me a second. I mean, it's not a hidden gem. We really enjoy the ice skating, you know. Um, Nobody said that before. Sweetland, you know. Um, I mean, my kids, we, we go out there quite a bit and mm-hmm. go ice skating and... Um, I think they're they've officially closed now. I think it's yes. over. But when the they closed starts, on President's Day. Okay, um, but I don't know if it's so hidden or you know not known. But um, it's it's a lot of fun. But no, that was actually put on by Jackson Services this year because they lost the contract to the company that was doing it for last year. Okay, I did not so, know that. Yeah, the company that so Jackson Services um, did it this year. As a, as a service to the community. Well, and so that makes it even more special. And it goes back to, you know, this community is amazing. You mm-hmm. know, they, they picked up the ball and ran with it because they know it means a lot. It meant a lot to my children, so I'm grateful for, for that. Okay, random questions for fun. What are you most excited about right now? I think I'm excited about many, many different things. Just okay. ex- expanding... I call it expanding my horizons. Um, I've got a book about bees right now, um, laying beside me in bed. I've got a book about fiber and, um, you know, how to dye right now. Oh. I'm going to, yeah, uh, teaching kids how to dye indigo next week, so I'm trying to okay. brush up on that. Um, I've got a book about mushrooms. We're about to go up to Mushroom Mountain next month and do a mushroom trail and go to experts on mushrooms. Where is Mushroom Mountain? Mushroom Mountain is in North Georgia. Okay. And so it is a place where you can learn about medicinal mushrooms, not anything crazy, but okay. how to grow, you know, like your oyster mushroom, your portobello, all those different types so of no mushrooms. So no psychosyllabin? No psycho, yeah, crazy okay. stuff. I'm not going to go on some, you know, shaman quest. Gotcha. It's, it, we're going to learn about mushrooms. Um, let's see, what else am I learning about? Oh, vermiculture, you know, all about worms, which is, you know, not as interesting as the honeybees right now to me, so I keep putting that book aside. Fair enough. So those are the things I'm kind of focused on right now, and I'm kind of excited about what I don't know, what's coming around the corner. There's always something new and, and exciting to learn about, so. Wow, that's a lot. It is. But it's right. fun. Beatles or Rolling Stones? Rolling Stones. I mean, I can't get no satisfaction, and I mean, you just, I, I, the Beatles are, I do like the Beatles, but you, you can rock out to the Rolling Stones for sure, a little bit harder. Awesome. All right, favorite food? Dips. So, <laughs> don't look at me like I'm crazy. I love an appetizer dip, like a oh. queso dip, or a cheese dip, or just cheese in general. Give me a charcuterie board. I mean, I'm in heaven, so. I hate to go to the restaurants and like everybody's ordering something and I'm kind of like, ooh, that looks good. And I like to like pick. I want to pick at everybody's. I'm like, give me a bite. Let me try that. So I like a, I like a kind of an appetizer spread where I can just okay. try a lot of different things. Favorite beverage? 
favorite beverage is I'm like a good GT gin and tonic girl. That's kind of if I'm you know especially a blue Bombay sapphire gin and tonic with two lime wedges. I'm gonna get specific with you here. Um, and it's usually on a porch overlooking a sunset with 70 degree weather and the breeze blowing and yeah that's my happy place that's where I'm the work is done and I can relax kind of gotcha was that too specific for that question? no I was thinking you get that about two days in Georgia like two days a year <laughs> two days a year yeah well I feel like the trans like fall and spring those are good gin and tonic days. Like it's 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 pretty nice, but you're right, it does heat up pretty fast. And right now, it's not the time to sit out on the porch and enjoy a drink. Is there anything I should have asked you, but I didn't in this interview? I don't. I think we covered a lot. I talked a lot. We covered a lot of ground. <laughs> I think we did cover a lot of ground. Um, yeah. No, I can't think of anything. Okay. So where can my listeners connect with you? So if they want to email me directly, I'm at jessica at pineywoodsfarming.com. Okay. Um, we do have a website online that's older. We're waiting for all of our, you know, construction to get done to update our website, but it's pineywoodsfarming.com. This has been Jessica Jarvholm of Pineywoods Farm in LaGrange, Georgia. All right. That's been an interview. Have a good day. Well, that was the interview. I hope you enjoyed listening. If you like what you heard, show your support with a $4 donation on www.patreon.com forward slash heylagrange. Don't forget to follow on social media and leave us a comment and review on whatever podcast platform you listened on. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider sharing it with someone else you think will enjoy it as well. Email me your thoughts on today's show at earlgbarnett at gmail.com. Subscribe and like wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a comment for bonus points. Follow at Earl Barnett on Twitter, at Earl G. Barnett on Instagram. Follow the podcast at Hey LaGrange on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy your week, and remember that creativity takes courage.